everyone, and welcome to our podcast today. I'm Edie Tolbert. And I'm Jennifer Edwards. And we are Business Besties. Welcome back, everyone. This is Edie Tolbert and Jennifer Edwards. And we are your Business Besties. (laughs) So last week, we talked a little bit about what Jennifer does as a fractional CFO. And so this week we're going to talk about, um, you guys know that I'm a day spa owner, you know that I'm a nonprofit founder, but what I find myself um, being led to focus on this year is educating women on mammograms. Um, The reason for that is I have talked with a lot of women who've been diagnosed with breast cancer Um, There's a lot of fear out there about what um, a mammogram includes. There's fear about the radiation. Um, They go for their first mammogram. They get called back for a second. That immediately, the fear, the anxiety, the stress. um, But there's more to it than that. And so my what I want to do this year is I want to go into businesses, into corporations, into church small groups, Um, and really educate women on why mammography is so important and what all it entails. This all came about last year when um, one of the representatives, one of the state representatives reached out to me and wanted me to help with the passing of House Bill 3504, which it included, you go for what they call a 2D screening. And okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait. Okay. <laughs> Hang loose. Hang, Hang on. on. Hang on, Edie. So Edie has done lots and lots of research. So I think this is a great time to pop in and say, what are the five things, five steps mm-hmm. that you go through before you ever get to diagnosis. a diagnosis? Mm-hmm. And then we can go back to okay. th- this house bill. Okay. So there's five steps. There is a 2D mammogram, there's a 3D mammogram, there's an ultrasound, there's an MRI, and there's a breast biopsy. And then you know if it's positive for cancer. 2D mammography is um, basically a two view. They they take it from the top and the bottom and from each side. It takes about 10 minutes. It's a low radiation, very low radiation. Um, but it can't, the 2D is not a standalone test. Um, it gives them something to look at and they can, they can see if something looks abnormal, but that's why you get called back for your 3d digital. They're both digital. They're both by the same machine. It's just a different, like the 2d is top to bottom, squishes your boob top to bottom, Mm -hmm. side to side. But the 3d goes in and actually circles around Mm -hmm. the breast and Mm -hmm. slices and dices it Mm -hmm. so that it gives more pictures to the radiologist to determine if there is something there. Okay. Um, so that gives people a very good background for what you're about to say about this bill. So so what the bill did was there are a lot of healthcare plans out there that pay 100% of your 2D screening, but they may pay a portion or they may not pay anything for your 3D. So some women opted not to go back for the 3D because, number one, they couldn't afford it. And it can range anywhere from $250 to $1,500, depending on where you go to get your mammogram and what the contract is, blah, 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 blah. So um, 
so what I what I am doing is I just want to educate women so that it, it it's not going to take away the fear 100%, but we can reduce that to less than 5% if you know what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. If you know you walk into, you get your 2D, they call you back because they think they saw something. If you have dense breasts, that's a whole other issue. I'll explain that in a minute. But you go back for your 3D to determine to get that slicing and dicing of the breast tissue so the radiologist can really see if there's anything in there that they need to pull you in for an ultrasound MRI or a breast biopsy. And slicing and dicing digitally. Digitally. Not not literally. They have not, <laughs> at this point, they have not pulled a biopsy. This is literally no, no. literally imaging. And I imaging. Want, and I want to emphasize at this point in this conversation that the House bill did not pass. No, that House bill passed. Okay, that House bill passed. Sorry. So, so now, as of November 1st, in the state of Oklahoma, now health care plans have to provide that option. And they, they are paying for it. So if The 3D you, option. The 3D option. Okay. So if you go in for a t- 2D, they see something of concern, they call you back for a 3D. It is not an out-of-cost expense. It is not a shared cost. Okay. It is paid for if you have health insurance. And I will say this. I am on Christian Healthcare Ministries health uh, reimbursement system. So I am technically a person who doesn't have insurance. And I walked in and I said, I want a 3D. Mm-hmm. And they gave me a 3D. Yeah. Like I was able to say that. Now, I don't know what happens with insurance companies, but I was able to dictate my health care in, right. in that scenario. And for the most part, your metropolitan areas are going to have the same machine that does a 2D and a 3D. But there are some rural, rural places that don't have that option. So if you, you'll go in for your 2D screening and they may refer you to one of the bigger facilities in order to get the 3D. So you may not, but always ask. Absolutely. Always ask because honestly, my opinion is that we need to do away with the 2Ds. Well, yeah, what's the, I mean. Because it's kind of redundant. Yeah. Um, but that's my opinion, and that, that's just another whole rabbit hole I don't want to go into today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there in time. Uh. So you get your 2D, you get your 3D. Um, what it, what the 3D does, especially with those women who have dense breasts, um, it's going to give the radiologist a better picture because cancer and dense breasts show up as bright white. Mm. So he can determine which one mm-hmm. is dense and which mm-hmm. one... They will call it calcifications or carcinoma. They don't actually call it cancer right out of the chute. Um, and that's when they say they want you to come back for possibly a ultrasound. And what the ultrasound does, I have a good description of that. Um, it is targeted handheld diagnostic ultrasound when mammography finding requires additional investigation. And it's used in conjunction in conjunction with mammography when you have a lump, a localized pain in the breast, skin or nipple changes, or nipple discharge. And so what that does, it's just another source that can determine if what they saw in the 3D is something of concern. Mm-hmm. Um, you may or may not um, be asked to come back for an MRI. If they can determine on the ultrasound that it's definitely something, then they'll have you go straight to a breast biopsy. Might not have to have an MRI, but if it's still inconclusive, they'll have you do the, the MRI. Yeah, that's an, that's just an additional test that shows more information for the radiologist to say, yeah, we need to biopsy this because they don't want to pull everybody in and do a biopsy right off the bat. Sure. I mean, that's invasive. These things are not invasive. Mm-hmm. And so 
that's the last step before you receive your, you know, whether you have cancer or not. So, so one of the things that Edie says a lot when she's talking about this is that in the world of breast cancer, it is the only cancer out there that there are five mm-hmm. tests before you get a result. Mm-hmm. Five completely different kinds of mm-hmm. tests mm-hmm. before you get a result. And she has all kinds of opinions about why that is. I'll let her decide if she wants to talk about that. But um, just know that your advocate for all of this is Edie Tolbert. She is going before her her representatives. She is pushing hard to make sure that, at least here in Oklahoma, um, women are getting the very best breast care that they absolutely can. And mm-hmm. she's jumping down all the research rabbit holes and doing all the research. So you're, you are in a good place if you or someone that you love is going through this because Edie is going to be educating, at least for Q1 mm-hmm. on our podcast, she is going to be educating on all the things that she finds. Well, and, and part of it is, you know, breast cancer is one of the top five cancers. Um, there's lung cancer, breast cancer, colon cancer, rectal cancer, prostate, and skin. And skin, it's very visible. Mm-hmm. You go to the dermatologist, he immediately checks it. He knows right away whether it's mm-hmm. it's skin cancer or Vis- not. From visual. Visual. I mean, he Most can take usually. he can take the little th- little yeah. thing he holds up to his eye and yeah. you know, gets right on that mole or whatever yeah. and he can tell right away whether it's cancer or not. Yeah. Colon cancer, you have your colonoscopy. They can tell when they're doing the colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. They they find those polyps, they pull them out, they test them and boom, you know right away. Right. Prostate, they the guys have um blood tests done. There's a certain um What's it called? Shoot, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's a certain part of that blood work that tells them if it, that level is elevated, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then that's when yes, they need to I've go. I've heard that. I don't yeah. remember the. Yeah, I, I hear it you. all the time, yeah. and I, I want to say PSA, but I'm not sure that's right. But close, close. I, I feel like that. Uh-huh. It's close. Yes. There's some. There's something in that level. If it's mm-hmm. elevated, then that's when they go in and they do a biopsy to determine if it's cancer or not. Mm-hmm. Um. What else did I say? Colon, prostate, skin, lung. Lung is not one of those that they have a test for. You usually um, have chronic pneumonia or, you know, you've got something going, breathing, Mm -hmm. something with your breathing. And then they, you know, do a CT scan or an x-ray CT scan and they can see Mm -hmm. the mass there and determine whether that's lung cancer. That's not, you know, it's not really a test, so to speak. But with breast cancer, why are there five steps? That's Mm -hmm. that's my question to... um, the politicians out there, to the medical community out there, to... Um... So let me back up a little bit. So somebody listening, our friends listening, just said, why, why, why do you mean politicians? Why are we even talking about breast cancer and politicians in the same breath? Well, in order to get anything changed, in order, there's a standard of care out there. Quote, unquote, standard of care. That dictates the protocol on how we learn if we have breast cancer or not. And the standard of care is you have a 2D, a 3D, an ultrasound, an MRI, and a breast biopsy. That's the standard of care. So one of those rabbit holes that I had jumped down into is, so how do we change that? Mm-hmm. So trying to find, and the standard of care is, is um, oh, I have it written down. I probably should have pulled that out. But it's basically... Um, Medical professionals, doctors, um, radiologists. I mean, it's a whole host 
of a bunch of, of people that that talk about all this stuff and how they can best serve the patient. And then they set these protocols and it's it's voted on every year. Um, by, by this committee, by this committee, okay. by this committee. And so, um, I'm trying to get to that committee. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I honestly, you know, first and foremost, <clears throat> the way that technology has increased in the 15 years since I've been diagnosed, there is a, most of the facilities, the larger facilities anyway, have the, the 3d imaging. Mm-hmm. So why are we not, if that's a better, um, way of determining breast cancer early, then why aren't we just doing mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess nobody's ever asked that question before. I'm, I don't know if I'm the first one. Maybe so. This is why God just, placed you right here, right now. For such a time as for this. For such a time as this. That's all I can say. Well, and I want to add to, and not jump down any political rabbit holes, but it is important for people to understand mm-hmm. if you are using an insurance company mm-hmm. for these the payment of these tests, mm-hmm. they are going by all of these things that Edie is talking yeah. about. And so one of the big surprises that has come to me, and maybe everybody on the planet, and I'm the last to know this, and if so, you know, it's probably because I don't watch enough news or something, but it was I was unaware that a state, that legislation could dictate what an insurance company does. That came as a surprise to me. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I... It's good because otherwise then the insurance companies could just do whatever they want, Mm -hmm. however they want, whenever they want, and in what capacity Mm -hmm. they feel is the best. Mm -hmm. And so it is nice to know that there there is something out there. It also is very sad to me that we have to get politicians involved to be able to detect breast cancer. (laughs) Well, and and to fine-tune that just a little bit, each insurance company has a contract with each facility, and it might not be the same. It, even if it's an individual, even if it's a, a specific insurance company, and they have a contract with one facility, and I'm saying health healthcare facility, mm-hmm. and then another hospital, their contracts could be different in how they pay. So it's not. It's not. That's that's where. I, I get so concerned because sure. we're talking about people's lives. lives we're talking about yeah. women's lives and yeah. they can't afford to go, you know, now you can get the 3D. If you don't have insurance, I'm not sure how that plays out. Haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet. Well, and I can tell you because of the kind of reimbursement program I'm yeah. on, I, and if anybody out there doesn't have insurance or you're using one of the reimbursement Christian healthcare, or I think there's a mm-hmm. new one out there called crowd something or other, mm-hmm. um, you, negotiate the price down yeah so um here in tulsa i went to a specific um, women's clinic and i got the um actual physical go walk in have the test done for 246 dollars, i believe that's what you told me and then there's an additional fee which is for the radiologist to read what Mm -hmm. the pictures they took Mm -hmm. and then um that actually started out at 200 dollars. but when i called and said i don't have insurance they negotiated that down by 65 percent. so that ended up being 70 dollars. yeah but i know it may as well be four million for somebody who's out there who doesn't have the 246 or the 70 right so that is i just wanted there to be a perspective of how much that that costs like right if you're in that situation and and you can afford to pay for it please don't delay right and remember that if an insurance company isn't paying for it you actually get to dictate your health a little bit more right 
I mean, you literally walked into the facility when you made your appointment mm-hmm. and said, I want a 3D. Yes, and they were like, okay. Yep. They didn't buck me at right. all. They, right. okay. And let me just explain how this all transpired for me is two years ago when I, was it two years? or what? No, it was just last year. It was just last year. My breast surgeon retired, so he would be the one that was ordering my mammogram every year because I did a single mastectomy, so I still have to have a mammogram on the other side. And I've always received a digital. I know I know the difference between 2D, 3D. I know that it's going to take a little bit longer. I mean, it's basically five minutes longer than the other one. It's just a matter. It's, and so... And the when, difference is if you're standing there and they have you squished in, mm-hmm. like she said... Top and bottom. Uh-huh. And then you'll know you're getting a 3D mm-hmm. if the little machine goes... Yeah. It goes around instead of her just going from left to right and top to bottom. I mean, it's literally, if it's a 2D, they go, and it's done. Yeah. And then they reposition, and it's done. Right. For each side. But if you're doing digital, it's going, and it's literally circulating. Yes, all the way around. All the way around. So when I went in last year... Um, and my PC had ordered my mammogram, I knew immediately that she, I said, because when I was done, I was like, um, did you do a 2D or a 3D? And she said, well, we did a 2D. That's the standard of care when you've been 10 years out. And I went, huh? But I've had breast cancer, and I still have a breast left. Well, the standard of care after 10 years, and you're 14, but see, 12, 13, 11, 12, and 13, I had a 3D. But because my breast surgeon retired and he wasn't the one ordering my mammogram, they immediately dropped me back to a 2D. Not that my insurance wouldn't pay because of my history. It was just a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I immediately, I did have my breast surgeon's cell number and I called him and I said, is this, this what is this standard of care thing? And he started telling me and I said, but why did you, oh, he said, well, because you were under my care. That's what I ordered. So I just tell you all of this is that you have to be your own advocate. You have to ask mm-hmm. questions. Yes. If you feel in your gut that something isn't right, you push yes. until you get the answer. So that's what started all this, the difference between... Because I knew that it was the same machine that they always did mm-hmm. my mammogram, mm-hmm. but it was different. Mm-hmm. So my question and going forward and why I'm I'm getting involved with my legislators, because why are we doing a 2D that doesn't tell us much, and the 3D is what, I mean, if we can eliminate a step and a cost to the patient, right. and if we can speed up the process to save somebody's life, if it's right. early detection is what saves lives, then that's what we need to be doing. Right. Period. Right. And I have so much more to back that up, but I'll, I'll save that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just here to tell you today, there's five steps. Be aware you're going to go in, you're going to start at the age of 40 unless you have family history. A funny, funny story about that is, I didn't. I mean, most of the people that I talk to don't have family history. It's actually a small minority, a small percentage. Yeah, I was going to say, you that, looked that up uh-huh, one time. That and I don't, it, I don't remember. Small. It's very small. I mean, I want to say less than 15% of the women that are diagnosed with cancer have had somebody in their family diagnosed. Breast cancer. And I think that's really important. For people to hear, mm-hmm. you didn't know this, Mm-mm. and you'd been through the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we all keep hearing this: "Oh, well, hereditary, hereditary, mm-hmm. hereditary." That is not the case. No, you absolutely need to make sure that you are taking care to get your mm-hmm. mammogram 
anyway. Yeah. It You don't sit back and go, oh, well, grandma and aunt and mom mm-hmm. didn't have it, so I don't need to worry about it. That is not the no. case at all. No. If it is genetic, if, you, if you've if you had genetic testing, um, there are, are other options. Because sometimes it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, when, when it's genetic. And there are some genetics out there. Um, there are some options to, to take preventive measures before you ever get the cancer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm always willing to talk those over with people. I've, I've got a, a really a good friend, um, who has gone through that and yeah, it was devastating when she was finally diagnosed and she didn't know the options that she had, mm. um, because it was genetic and it wasn't a matter of if it was when. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of. Well, and that maybe that's a very good subject for a future podcast mm-hmm. is just talking about, it's called the BRCA. BRCA. The BRCA, the BRCA gene. gene. Mm-hmm. And talking about that and just you diving in a little bit mm-hmm. and letting our friends out yeah. there know what that looks like and yeah. maybe even have some resources for yeah. them to get that testing yeah. done. But there's today, so much. There's so much. Yes, there is so much. <laughs> today we're just talking about the difference between 2 and 3D mm-hmm. and that you might just push the envelope or push the mm-hmm. push it a little bit. And I I would say that if you're going in for your mammogram, you always ask the question, am I going to be receiving a 2D or a 3D? And if you feel like a 3D is going to um, be more effective than you push for the 3D, mm-hmm. and I think it, you'll get it. I don't think anybody, unless it's not available. Like if you're in a rural town, it's a small hospital, they don't provide that, then you're going to get a 2D. But if you if they have a mm-hmm. 3D available, because I know that even speaking with healthcare professionals, they prefer to do the 3D straight up as opposed to do the 2D and the 3D. So oh, there's so many things I want to say right now <laughs> about that very, but I'm not going to get political. I'm just going to say it's your health. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. your breast health and mm-hmm. push for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, I mean, if you have a group that you would like me to call, to come and talk to and educate and be able to ask more in-depth questions, I'm totally open to that because I feel like if I had had this information back when I was um, diagnosed actually 15 years ago um, in January, um, January 17th, actually 18th was exactly the day I was, I was diagnosed I am more than happy. I want to help alleviate the fear of walking in and getting a mammogram. I remember the very first time, and it was two years prior to me being diagnosed, they saw something in the left side and called me back, and I was hysterical. I was hysterical. I called my husband sobbing, and he was like, you need to get a grip. It's just a second look. and But, you know, you immediately go oh, there. Yeah. And so I went back for the, the second look, as they called it back then, and and it wasn't anything. They they determined that they were going to watch it. And if it, you know, and even when I went in and they found something on the right side, three different areas on the right right side, they still went ahead and biopsied the left side, which was benign. It's you know, it was nothing. But um, forgot where I was going with that. But I just I just know how stressful it can mm-hmm. be to go in and get a mammogram. I know that that there are some women out there that are fearful of the radiation. There are other, are, are other options. I'm looking into those. I I won't, ne- I'll, I'll mention them when I have more information about those because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that that's a, a good alternative. Um, yeah, she doesn't even want to say the words mm-mm, unless she's mm-mm. done the research, y'all. No. And she's, oh, no. she's digging deep, y'all. I'm digging, I am digging she deep. She is digging deep. I am digging she deep. She is doing the research so you don't have to. Yep. I just want everybody, all the women out there to know what their options are. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's one of the big, I mean, mm-hmm. breast cancer is 
the top two. Mm-hmm. One of the top two cancers. And if I can say this, even though we're not even, you know, towards the end of our, our podcast, but I'm thinking of it, and I want to just say, if you know somebody that needs to hear this podcast, stop right now and do whatever on your app that you have to mm-hmm. do to share it to that person because we, it is Edie's heart that she alleviate the fear. Mm-hmm. Like that is really what she's wanting to do here and educate you on other options like 2D or 3D. Mm-hmm. But more than anything, to know um, how important it is and to not be fearful of it. Because mm-hmm. even if you have family history, mm-hmm. you still have to go in even through the, through the it's, fear. You have to do it afraid. It's not any different than doing your colonoscopy, people. If you're doing your colonoscopy, you should be doing your mammograms yeah. because... Those, you know, top two cancers, um, it's it's an easy test if you just go have it done. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. So you could be the one mm-hmm. or you could be the seven. Yeah. Think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You could be one of the seven that don't have breast cancer. Right. But you have to have the test to know. And I'll be over here on the sidelines um, pushing to get rid of this 2D. <laughs> <laughs> if any of my politician friends hear me... <laughs> So I just had a thought that maybe maybe we should describe for any woman out there mm-hmm. who has not done this, mm-hmm. has not gone in, and she's heard terrible things. Mm-hmm. Let's be the reality. Okay. Okay. So let's take it from the time that they walk in to the time that they walk out the doors. So you walk in the doors, you check in, you get your little questionnaire, your medical history questionnaire. They're going to ask you if you have any, you know, any other types of cancer, if it's maternal or paternal. They're going to ask you questions like, um, do you drink alcohol? Do you How smoke? How frequently? Do you smoke? Like all the medical stuff. Um, uh, how much caffeine do you drink? Um, what was the other? Breastfeeding, if you had children. Mm-hmm. You know, what? if you had children, you're supposed to list your children and did you go full term and did you breastfeed? Um, and I've learned, I've learned through all of this that sugar plays a role in cancer because sugar mm-hmm. attaches itself to the cancer cells. Yep. Go Google it. Don't have time to explain that. Yep. Um, alcohol mm-hmm. has been, it has, the research has been done and has been proven that alcohol play is connected to cancer diagnosis. Yep. Um, Smoking, of course, we know that, and you know, mostly for lung cancer, but again, smoking does. And breastfeeding, I still haven't found how breastfeeding, I mean, it's your boobs. I'm sorry, breasts. <laughs> sorry. We're real here, y'all. I mean, we're just real. We're just, you know, so <laughs> how does that affect you? You know, the possibility of cancer, I'm not quite sure, but I mean, it is in the same area which where the cancer is, is found. So, but if, we don't want to dissuade anybody. From no, 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 no. Do your research, people. Do your research. Breastfeeding is wonderful for kids. It's you know, it's all the things. But for some reason, they ask that question. Mm-hmm. You know, I breastfed my first one. I didn't breastfeed my second one. I don't know how that it if it played into. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that, that particular question is asked. Like mm-hmm. I said, I have not done the research to figure mm-hmm. out why. 
Um, so then you go back to the, the room where you undress, put your, now they don't even have the rooms. You go directly into, because of COVID, now you don't share a room. You go directly into the examination room and put your little gown on that unbuttons in the front. Um, so in where I go, they actually do have a little, they have the little dressing, little, the dressing room for okay. you to go and, and take your okay. everything. Okay. So t- you take everything off from your waist up, up, including jewelry, including jewelry, because you can't, it can't be getting caught in the machine yeah. and all those things and, and the metal will show up yes so you do have to undress yep. from the waist up don't wear deodorant or lotions yes. because all of those particles that are on your body could show up as something and they'll have wipes in there in case you did there's been a couple times i put deodorant on just out of habit they mm-hmm. have wipes in there to remove that mm-hmm. to make sure you know that it doesn't show up on the on the screen so then they will come back in and they will place your boob um, between two plastic Plates. Plates. I don't know what else to call them. Plates. Usually top and top and bottom, uh-huh. and they you know squish it down. You have to. I mean, it's like against your chest uh-huh. wall. And they ask you to lean in. Lean in. Put your. You have to put your arm up over this little handle deal, and you know then they step back and they take a picture and they do the same thing uh-huh. from side to side. So um, and it can be uncomfortable. It can be uncomfortable. I've never known it to be painful for me i've never it's never been it's just tight it is tight it's very tight it is uncomfortable i mean some people have said it's like a vice grip i don't know if it's like that i mean that extreme but it's 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 tight they gotta squish it in there in order to get a picture i mean it it will it do you ever feel a pull Pull. up in your neck Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you'll feel your skin pull all the way up into your unless you have really taut skin (laughs) which i don't i don't either (laughs) I'm 55 years old. Yeah. There's nothing. Even possible. when I was, you know, at the age of 40, after you've had children, I mean, or even if you haven't had children, things, gravity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It oh, is yeah. what it is. So you do that and then you... I, uh, let me let me stop for okay. just a second. The technician, which mm. typically is female, mm-hmm. thankfully. I've never had a male technician yeah, I haven't in either. that area. Um, the technician literally manhandles your breast. Oh, yeah. She positions it on the plate. Yeah. So... If you're this very, is not, very modest. Yeah, this is not one of those times. Be aware that that yeah. is going to happen. And then at the place I go, they actually put this little metal thing, mm-hmm. this little sticker that has a little metal thing on it, on the nipple so it can be detected in the yes. uh, x-ray. Yeah. So you're going to be touched. Mm-hmm. So if that is a trigger for you or that's a problem, mm-hmm. I just want you to be very ready mm-hmm. that a very nice female person is mm-hmm. going to position your breast mm-hmm. in that machine. And, and if you're like me, <clears throat> where you've had any type of scarring on your breast area, they have to mark that too with the same type mm. of, uh, it kind of looks like a Band-Aid for me. Yeah. But they, they position it like on my scars. I have to, on that, there's a diagram on your little piece of paper that you have to mark any any scarring tissue. You know, if you've had any type of surgery from the waist up, you mark it on that little diagram to let them know that so that they see that on the picture they'll know oh wait that's a scar from whatever and yes they put the little band-aids over your nipples too because they don't want that to show up as um something of concern Mm because it will it will so yeah so then they shoot the pictures um generally you wait there or they might move you to another room to wait because they want the radiologist to read it first to determine whether everything looks good okay so in at my place you don't even do that. Really? You go get dressed and you leave, and then they send you something in the mail and, or in, mm-hmm. uh, what's it called, my chart? My chart. Or they will just send it straight to yeah. my chart. Yeah. So different facilities different have facilities. very different yes. um, protocols. And now and- with the my chart thing, 
that's if you do have that with your with the health facility that you're going to they use that i mean you'll see those results before you ever get a phone call Mm -hmm. honestly Mm -hmm. those will post um but at your facility you go wait and the radiologist reads it then and so you and it Maybe because I've had breast cancer before. If it's your first time in, I'm not sure because okay. it's been 15 years since I did that. But they normally, five minutes, they go have the... Because the radio, now it's all digital and he can immediately, he or she right. can immediately see those. Mm-hmm. The technician walks back. They say yes or no. She walks back and say everything looks good, but we'll make sure and check, for, you know, look for your results on your my chart. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, that's that's a mammogram. And then you go in and get dressed and... Mm-hmm. However, they handle all of their mm-hmm. exits. Every yep. place is different for me. Yep. It literally is there. Are, it's like a maze, and they've mm-hmm. got arrows, and you walk yep. out. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're going to pay before you go in. Your copay if you have one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, you you follow the exit sign arrows because yeah. it is a maze, and you got to get out of there. Yeah. So. So I hope that helps someone who hasn't gone or was hesitant mm-hmm. to go. Just the reality and the frankness of mm-hmm. what happens, because I think. Or I know my very first one, I had no idea mm-hmm. that, I mean, I obviously I knew I was going to be exposed, but it just, it was a little startling that mm-hmm. someone was handling me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so that was a little weird and it yeah. would have been nice to know beforehand mm-hmm. that that was actually going to happen. Right. And it's the same thing when you go to the gynecologist and you have your annual pap smear. Um, same thing. I mean, they're all up in your glory. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Which is also important. It's very important. You need to have those done too. Yes. <laughs> and if I can just put a plug in for um, ovarian and for um, uterine cancer, those are really silent. There are no symptoms. Mm-hmm. So unless you're doing your annual pap smears, um, sometimes it may be too late before yeah. you find out. So yeah. definitely you want to do those as well. You want yeah. to make sure that you're getting those on a regular basis. And actually that should start happening um in your twenties, yeah. in your twenties or earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say this, but as soon as you're sexually active, you should be having mm-hmm. annual Pap smears. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll yep. just put that out there. Yeah. So what did we not talk about that you want to cover here in the last couple of minutes? Anything? I think we've covered all of it. I if if you if nothing else, you know that there are five steps before you ever get a diagnosis mm-hmm. if you do have cancer. And mm-hmm. this can take anywhere from a month to three months, depending on how your mm-hmm. insurance approves it. Um, but just push forward. If You know, I, I had a gut feeling when I did my mammogram in November of 2007. I just had a funny feeling because of the way that God had orchestrated things throughout that year, that something different was about to happen. And when they called me and said they needed to do a second look on my mammogram, I kind of knew that I knew that I knew. Mm-hmm. Well, the Holy Spirit yeah. prepares our hearts for so such things. So I think that, you know, regardless, if you have a gut feeling and you know something doesn't seem right, mm-hmm. get in and get your test, get yep. your screenings, get your colonoscopies, do your pap smears, mm-hmm. do your mammograms, um, do your research. If you're concerned about the radiation that happens during the mammogram, just do your research. Mm-hmm. Go to the American Cancer Society. Go to the National Cancer Institute. You know, go to reputable sites. Reputable. Please, please don't just go to Doctor Google. Google. Is not a doctor. Yeah. Okay. Please don't do that. Please. Go to reputable resources: yeah. American Cancer Society, National Cancer Institute, and then Google um, mammography there and get your answers there mm-hmm. because those are the ones that have done the research. They know they'll put it out there. It's there for everybody to yeah. read. 
So, well, thank you, Edie, for jumping down all these rabbit holes. I know that this is going to be such important podcasts coming up because mm-hmm. I feel like God has very much reached right into her heart and said, mm-hmm. I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. So it is specifically for some one of our friends out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What we're saying today is specifically for mm-hmm. one of our friends out there. And we just want to remove as much fear as possible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people need to know what those steps are mm-hmm. because it it they need that roadmap. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you've done such a great job of saying Here's what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. It's five tests before you ever get a final result. Mm -hmm. And just if that alone will help someone Mm -hmm. follow that road and just not expect to know right away and pull that, Mm -hmm. that feeling out of them and they'll just, maybe they can just walk the road and not let it be just the most emotional thing ever. So I want to share this quick little story. I had an employee that went for her mammogram and um, she had a 2D and they saw something of concern and she freaked out. And I immediately texted her and said, okay, this is how this is going to work. They're going to call you back for a 3D. If they see something there, you'll do an ultrasound, possibly an MRI, and then you'll do a breast biopsy. Just just so you know, that, like you said, the roadmap. And she said, okay, that helps me to know yes. what I'm looking at mm-hmm. if. Mm-hmm. But after she had the 3D, they determined it was dense breast tissue. And she was, they're going to call, she's going to come back in six months and do another one. Yeah. But the relief, right. I could even tell in the text messaging, mm-hmm. the relief of her knowing the roadmap right. of what's going to happen between this point A and point B mm-hmm. helped calm her nerves. Yes, she was still fearful. Yes, she was still stressed. Mm-hmm. But she knew what the next step would be mm-hmm. if there was something on the 3D. Mm-hmm. So yes, just knowing. And that's what I want to just get across yeah. to everybody out there. Don't be afraid. I mean, I can say don't be afraid. You're going to be afraid if you sure. get called back, but you know the steps. And so you'll know what to look for in each step. Mm-hmm. So, Well, thank you so much, Edie, for doing this. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So tell us about your celebration. Celebration. Um, I would say that because based on my involvement in House Bill 3504, um, my celebration was that it got passed and it went into effect yeah. November 1st, 2022. Yeah. And um, I don't know that I physically celebrated, but I did call several of my friends mm-hmm. and um, it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal for women out there that are yeah. could be possibly facing breast cancer. So yeah. Good job, Edie. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you friends for listening. <clears throat> we are just beyond you just don't even understand what a big deal it is for us to know that you're out there listening and if we've made a difference so Edie, how can people reach you so they can reach me through my email it's my first name edie at stonebrookdayspa.com you can also message me through facebook and linkedin i'm in both of those um, media types or my office number is 918-379-6838 The reason I'm putting that out there is if you or someone you know is currently facing breast cancer and you have some questions, I want you to give me a call. Yep. I want you to give me a call. Yep. Her her nonprofit handles lots of Mm -hmm. different scenarios, so don't feel like you can't reach out. Yep. I'm here. I'm here for you. All right. We will, or you guys will hear from us in a week. See you next week. Bye now. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Edie. 
and this is Jennifer, and we hope that we've inspired you to find your business bestie if you haven't already. Thank you.